Uh, I, before we get going here, I want a couple of pronouncers. Chris, save me from being embarrassing here, okay? Some uh, some uh, hip hop artists, okay? Mm. Young Young Yeezy. There's a Young Jeezy. Which Which one's G? What do you mean? Uh, okay, because just because it's dealing with the the top songs that were trending last weekend after uh, Donald Trump lost. So I'm gonna. <laughs> so you mean is it is it the J? Yeah, it's the J. Yo, uh, to young me, it's G- Jeezy. Is that yeah, right? Jeezy. Okay, yeah, and the G-Z. other one is is YG with uh, Nipsey Hussle. Is that right? YG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure it's not any. Uh, you know. Yeah, something hey. different. I, yeah. I'm old enough to get Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. That that's catchy. Nipsey Hussle's great. Yeah, and he's yeah. good. You know, it's just I just <clears throat> see. I don't know YG, and I've read Young Jeezy forever, but I want to make sure that I'm saying it right. You know. Yeah. Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. So it's Thursday, and uh, while Mark is uh, out with a sick kid who was in uh, his uh, stomach bleh, uh, overnight, uh, Polly Morris is joining us to uh, talk a little music. Hello, Polly. Hey, guys. What's going on? How is, how's, how's the week going for you? Uh, the week's been going great. Uh, last week, we uh, decided to talk about the American election, and we put music to the side. And and uh, so I'm kind of saving a couple of things that we have left over. But last weekend was the American election, and or two weeks ago it was. That's right. Was it? <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, the funny thing about these recounts and all these lawsuits, it feels like an eternity. Yeah. But at some point in time, um, it was declared that Biden was the winner and uh, America erupted in celebration after it took place. People took to the streets. There were parties. Uh, you know, it's almost like when, a, when a, a dictator gets overthrown, the celebration that a country has when when that takes mm-hmm. place. That's how American exhaled. And uh, sure enough, they took to a lot of music. Music was the soundtrack to a lot of these celebrations. And sure enough, they've come up a the list of seven of the top trending songs after the Donald Trump loss. And I have the list right here. Ding dong, uh, the witch is dead. <laughs> no, that wasn't on there. Nah. Uh, coming in at number seven was Beyonce with Kendrick Lamar, and the song is called "Freedom." That's on her Lemonade record. Now, don't, I'm not going to try to explain these. Some of them are easy, and okay. some of them are not. I guess. I guess, you, Chris, you want to jump in here? <laughs> I haven't heard that song. I'm not a big Beyonce fan, to be honest. So, like, I haven't okay. really. I'm, I love Kendrick, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going to dive into that after this for sure because that sounds uh, interesting. Again, the song is called Freedom. Okay, number uh, number six is Young Jeezy. The song is called My Freedom. Now, this song apparently is 10 years old, and it deals wow. with Obama. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the current administration, but for some reason, they were going with that one. And at number mm-hmm. five is Elton John's Philadelphia Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> wow. Freedom seems to be a... And, and of course, Philadelphia is really kind of where the election was decided. So Philadelphia Freedom by Elton. Great song. Uh, some obvious ones here. Cool in the Gang. Celebration. Time to celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> these these songs are starting to, starting to round out Joe Biden's demographic as well. Right? Well, yeah, <laughs> well and, that, and that's what we're bringing up here. Now, this yeah. may really define who he is. Number three, if you've never heard this, you should. 
It's Ray Charles doing America the Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It it is it is you you wonder sometimes get just get it's, instead of the national anthem, the story about the time when America failed. <laughs> um, is to play America the Beautiful and play Ray Charles' version of it. It is just, it is just the best. Number two in the top songs trending last week after the Donald Trump loss is Steam's "Na Na 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 Hey 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 Kiss Him Goodbye." Oh God, yeah. And the number one song is one I do not know. Well, I do know this. I remember this. I think it's a couple years old, isn't it? This is YG with Nipsey Hussle, and the song is "Fuck Donald Trump." I wonder what that song's about. <laughs> there, there's, there's a couple of videos uh, going around on TikTok that are really, really funny. Oh yes, and uh, featuring that song specifically. And uh, one of the one of my favorites is like these two black guys are driving in a car, and they they pull up next to like these like these white guys and, and they, the white guys have like a, a Trump sign and then they have, they, they have the, the camera framed. So it's, it's the two of them and then out their window and it's, beside, you can look out their window and you see these, these white guys out there and they play fuck Donald Trump and they're just dancing. Like they're like, they got like a little groove going and in the background you see the white guys just like kind of laughing and looking at them and just like shaking their head. It's really, and then they're just like losing it, like going on. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Good stuff. Um, a couple of so I want to switch gears here slightly. A couple of days ago, I was or last week, I was looking at Spotify and <clears throat> uh, I was looking at the profile of an artist and I scrolled down, scrolled down, and said, "Oh, this artist is in number I don't even know what it was streaming. It's it's ranked number one hundred forty. I went, oh, of course, there's rankings for streaming with Spotify. Mm. Geez, I wonder what." the top artists that are in the world now this is last week's list it's been slightly updated but canadians dominate the spotify platform that's something i was not ready for really and you have and you have to think about spotify and how many millions of people if not a billion people that it reaches this Mm -hmm. is the top streaming artist in the month of october as of last week, it's changed slightly. Number one is Bieber. Number two is The Weeknd. And number three is Drake. That's wow. pretty freaking amazing. That wow. is. Now, this week, they update this every week. This week, Drake moves to four. Ariana Grande moves up into the number three position because she's got a new song out. And all yeah. But you think about that. That is un. Believable, you know this little tiny country that we have. And listen, the list is the list is dominated by Americans mostly, and and I'm not waving flags and all the rest. I don't believe in that crap, but it's pretty amazing, eh? I mean, there's uh, out of the two of those three artists, two of them are hip hop, right? The Weekend and Drake. And I'm not sure if you've listened to the podcast. This is not a Drake podcast, but I think it's mandatory listening because it begins with the way that the hip hop scene in Canada was oppressed, was pushed down, not understood uh, at the record company. It does not paint a good picture for the, the record companies and the way it was not handled well. It, it never got any respect. And yet at the street level, it was happening. And um, it, it wasn't well organized and all that kind of stuff. It was interesting. I went to a, a music conference and I, and I learned a lot about it. And it was still emerging at that particular time. Name, names like Drake and and the weekend were not part of the scene, but the scene itself was beginning to start. Take, it was beginning to start to take some steam. But everything from radio to um, to even the music industry just 
couldn't get a handle on it. And now it's our most dominant export. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, Bieber aside. Wow. <laughs> Bieber, Bieber's actually done quite a bit of uh, uh, PR reinvention of, of his of his uh, of his image over the last year, year and a half. There's that whole like, you know, religious overhaul of everything that he's doing. And 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 it's it's it, he, he recently released like a YouTube uh, documentary kind of documenting what he's gone yeah. through throughout this whole this whole um, pandemic and everything. It's it's really funny. And and and, and Bree and I noticed this like in his music videos, you, you can watch a, a Justin Bieber music video and he seems like the coolest guy in the world. And he's such a great performer and the music's good. And it's, I feel like it's, it's gotten better over the years. Um, at least, at least to my taste. Anyways, you watch this documentary and the guy's kind of a dork. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever watched any of his stuff, like his interviews and stuff. He's, he's so, I don't know. I don't, not, not awkward, but it's just like, it's, it's just so kind of removed from the reality that the rest of us kind of live in. And, and I don't know that that surprises me by any means, but like, you know, the guy is, it's just, it's just, it's just odd, you know? It's just odd. It, it, look at the, these guys can't walk down the street, so they are going mm-hmm. to live in this altered reality yeah. and all the rest. Listen, I I I saw the special, and I saw that YouTube stuff, and I watch him, and um, <clears throat> yeah, he's a little on the dorky side, but again, he's in this he's in this reality which is not typical, you know. And mm-hmm. in COVID, that even isolates him even more. Look, at I I may not like the guy, but I always knew that he wrote good songs. And everything that we saw in the and this is this is our part of his message, and it's also in his the lyrics of some of his songs. It's like, hey, I was a kid when I was going through those phases where you know I was running off and getting high and pranking people and mm-hmm. acting like an idiot. He was, yeah, he's twenty years old. Do you remember what you were doing? You were twenty years old. That's and what I was going to say. Is there anybody who becomes immensely famous at a very young age who doesn't have to go through a reinvention process when they're still at a very young age? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and think, it's think Britney, think Bieber, think you know, like it, it, take a pick, and everybody has to go through this re- reinvention where they suddenly just get a taste of adulthood, and they they really haven't had a childhood. It, it's I'm I'm not saying let's feel sorry for these people because I mean they're wealthy beyond our wildest dreams, because but. Still, it, it's got to be kind of a tough road in terms of assuming one's own personal identity and being shaped and formed by public by the public forum. No? Yeah, it, that, you're absolutely right. It's interesting. Brittany is back in the news again, and um, and you know her situation because she is um, she has some issues. Um, her father has control over her thing, conservatorship and all the rest, and and she can't get out from underneath him. So she's just recently said, I'm not going to perform until uh, I'm free of this whole thing. And it, it's not clear if she'll ever be free of her father's control. Kind of weird, you know. But anyways, there's the top three artists, Bieber, The Weeknd, and until last mm. week, it was, it was Drake. Pretty amazing, yeah. isn't it? It is, yeah. So yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, it's impressive. I'm into a lot of lists here. Also coming out this week is the uh, Recording Industry Association of America, the RIAA. I think I've got that mm. right. Just updated the top-selling albums of all time in the United States. 
All right. So I'm going to ask you what you think the number one album might be. The number one selling album of all time is, well. Uh, um, In in America. In in America. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In America. I do know there was a point there where where the Eagles' greatest hits was one of the one of the greatest album, selling albums of all time. Um, I would probably go with that, but I, I don't know how out of touch that that could be, given how much has changed over the last little bit. You know, I would. I'd venture to. Well, no, I wouldn't say it's number one. I'd say Thriller has definitely got to be on the list somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, you're both you're both absolutely in the same ballpark. You're right. Um, let's first thing is is that I, I, there's a lot of numbers that get thrown around. You know, every time I see a show, you know, there'd be a guest on a daytime show, and now having sold 22 million albums mm-hmm. around the world, I go really. They saw this. A lot of it is unsubstantiated claims. The old, the, the, only until about the mid nineteen before the ni- mid nineteen nineties, everything was done on a quote, and record companies could make up those numbers any way you want to. You know what I mean? It wasn't until nineteen ninety five that they actually used to start scanning every record that was sold, and that's mm. far more accurate. So the number one album is the Eagles' greatest hits. But those are all songs that were, you know, recorded back yeah. in the 1970s. And so it's really kind of contentious. But apparently they have sold 38 million albums in the United States. Wow. Thriller is number two mm-hmm. uh, with 33 million. And I'll complete the list here. The Eagles Hotel California, Back in Black from ACDC. Uh, the Beatles, the Beatles. I don't think that's the white album. I think that's one of the greatest hits collections. You know, one of the red blue collections. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Billy Joel's greatest hits, Led Zeppelin four, the wall, Garth Brooks, double live album and Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish what? is number 10. I know. That's mind-boggling. Crack, yeah. that's the one with Hold My Hand or whatever that song is called. Am, am I alone in asserting that greatest hits albums should not be counted as albums? Yeah. Fair enough. Well, you know what? I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We were, you know, I told you about the new White Stripes record. You know, mm. when you're going in and you're going to buy an artist, do you start with an album or do you start with the greatest hits collection? A lot of people start with the greatest hits collection. You know? and sure. Sometimes they are already fans, but sometimes they are entry level fans. And I'm sure many people that may have heard about the Eagles one way or another said, well, where do I start? I think I'll start with greatest hits number one. And that kind of gives you everything. It gives you Take It Easy and Witchy Woman right through till, uh, I don't know what the last old song that's on that record. It doesn't really matter. You know, mid-70s Eagles record. And I think sure. that's, that's why you probably find it on this list. And why not put it on the list? Sometimes when you take an artist like the Eagles, do you really care about the Desperado album with Doolin Dalton? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, Save as great a song as that is, you know, um, you, you go to greatest hits and that's why they deserve to be on the list. So what's, sure. so what's the deal in Canada, you may ask? I looked into that. Now, they haven't published an official, official list since uh, since uh, 2018. Wow. And um, there's no one, two, three on this list. But of the albums that have sold at least two million in Canada, which is called Double Diamond, uh, on the list here is Shania Twain's Up album, mm. Pink Floyd, The Dark Side of the Moon, mm. not The Wall. Uh, one, two, two Shania Twain records. 
Uh, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, mm. Pink Floyd The Wall. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. So two Pink Floyd records, Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin Four, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, The Eagles' Greatest Hits again, and Thriller by Michael Jackson. Actually, that's number 11. Yeah, there's 11. So there's 11 that have sold over 2 million albums in Canada. That is pretty huge and pretty impressive. So Yeah, considering there's only, what, 30 30- – Four roughly million of us selling two million. That's one in seventeen people who have bought your record. That's pretty damn good. Pretty damn impressive. Now, it is from yeah. this whole list here is, you know, here's the part that really bothers me is that there is absolutely no recent pop in this whole record. Yeah, what about Bieber? What about um, what about Drake? What about all those pop artists which have dominated the scene for the last 10 years? They're not on this list. Yeah, so these are, yeah for somehow uh, this needs to be updated because streams are not included on this list. So if you're, you know, if you're an older guy or woman, you'll kind of relate to a lot of this. But me, I'm kind of looking at it and said, hey, it's missing the last 20 years of music. And well, there's only two artists, Canadian artists on that list, and they're both women. That's right. Alanis yeah. and Shania. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Celine Dion's not on this list, which uh. really strikes me kind of strong too, because you know she's huge in uh, and well, she's huge in Canada and I, around the world, but especially in Quebec, you know. I'm a little surprised Brian Adams' "Reckless" isn't on that list. I mean, that album was huge. Yeah, it was, you know, and it probably sold. Yeah, there's like 10, 10 top ten singles on it, and it was the and, first. It was the first Canadian album to be number one in the United States since the Guess Who. When it was number one in what, 19, 19, yeah, 19, 1984, yeah. it was number one. And at that point, it was the first Canadian record to be number one in the United States since the Guess Who in 1967. And I don't know that there's been one since. Maybe, maybe Drake. I don't know. Hmm, interesting. Sure. <clears throat> Let's switch gears here. Uh, the Mod Club. You guys ever been? The Mod Club yes. in Toronto on College Street? Yes, yep. for sure. Kind of a cool venue, uh, nightclub and a uh, club that hosts a lot of DJ events as well, too. Uh, always loved that room. I saw mm-hmm. some of the most intimate shows in that room. It's closing. And uh, it announced it last week through an announcement through its uh, its uh, its manager, I guess. And no reason given, but I think COVID kind of explains everything. It's it's t- t- Nightclubs are having a hard time right now. <clears throat> Strangely, the Elma Combo has opened up to virtual concerts. They are streaming concerts from their, their stage. And, you know, here's this guy, Michael Weckerly, put in millions of dollars to revive this club. And then COVID came around and shut the sucker down, you know? No kidding. So the best you can do is to host live events from the stage. They have a full multimedia they have a capacity for multimedia there to stream stuff on the air. So they are doing the best they can to do it, you know? So, yeah. No, a buddy of mine works security at, at, has done security at two of those. He did a 5440 show and a Coney Hatch show. And he says it's, it's a definitely different experience as uh, you know, they are allowed a few people in. Uh, so, you know, you don't need a heavy security presence, but he's been doing it a while. So he does. And he, he just, uh, he says it's, it's really different. So they're, they're, in other words, they're having they're, you actually can go to the Elmo and see a show. Yes. Socially responsibly distance, huh? Okay. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With 50 people. I mean, I did, I did that show. Our, our, our band did that show two Fridays ago. It was, it was very surreal. I, I had a, um, 18 by 18 inch sheet of plexiglass attached to the mic stand. 
That's weird. It is very weird. It's very weird. And if, if anybody has ever sung or performed on stage, it's really hard to hear the monitors because the monitors are on the floor and they're aimed straight up at your ears. And when you have that plexiglass square, it, it all just washes around you. So it was really hard to hear. It was it was difficult, but it was good to play. So, so I got to ask you, is, is your plexiglass screen, does it really work well as a splatter screen? Like after you're finished, you kind of look at the, you kind of look at this piece of plastic and go, holy shit. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> I, I thought, how pointless is this? And then at the end of the show, I held the plexiglass up to a spotlight and went, wow, I'm a really spitty uh, guy. I'm a really spitty guy. Like it, oh, it was, yeah, it was, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of splatter. But that's totally natural. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you're literally breathing in, in, in pushing stuff out of your your out of your windpipe and out of yeah. your mouth and it's inevitable so this is why everybody is going to be healthy because they, you didn't spit on them right yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it, yeah was, I mean, it, I was, it was strange i was gonna ask you guys actually um uh, a buddy of mine um he was he was doing I, I shared it with you guys as well he was doing a classic albums live yeah um streamed performance of u2's album um the joshua tree but yep. I, you you were mentioned in the elmo doing doing live streams and stuff do you think that that these live stream uh you know concerts survive after covid like do you uh, i i could because i could see you know somebody coming to play a show um doing a live concert selling tickets this is this is post covid but then also you know putting the concert up on youtube live stream for donations or Mm. for like selling the link so that people can watch at home as well do you think that 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 people will do that or is there like the exclusivity of selling the tickets and and being present like more important than trying to like rope in as many people as possible to 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 see the show uh, in any capacity what do you think ben <sighs> so so you're saying as the promoter or as a consumer anyone like i i suspect that this is one of those things that stays past covid like i i mm. think that people are going to like you're going to go see like like radiohead comes to town they sell out the venue because you know there's going to be it's going to be hard to get concert tickets once concerts open up again, especially in Toronto. Uh, the, 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 the prices are going to be atrocious uh, and availability, especially with venues. Like you're going to have, you're going to have every, every performing artist in the world competing for a, a finite number of venues across all these different places. So like I, I, I suspect that you'll probably be able to go and purchase a ticket to, to view these live streams just for people to, to recoup their losses. Of the sure. Last year. Like, but I, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be a, a, become a more popular format and a more accepted way of seeing concerts. But I think for music, I think the, the live thing will always, always be king to, to, sure. to be there, to be present for the actual performance will always, will always Trump um, being able to watch it live as it happens sort of thing, which is great, but it just, it's not the same as being there. Yeah, I, it's definitely not the same as being there. I, I see two different ways of it, reasons why it would hang around. Um, first off, I think the model is we play live. It is an experience that you need to come and see. And if you get left out, well, that's just too bad. That kind of builds the mystique, you know? It's like, yeah. I tried so hard to get tickets to see this band and I couldn't get in. And that I'm, 
I, I've kind of missed out on something. If you, even if you make it for sale, that kind of takes away from it a little bit, you know? So the next time an artist comes back, there's not, oh, you know, I got to see them online. It's, it's good. Now I, I checked that one off my list. Mm. I wonder if that, I wonder if that kind of logic will come in. I can definitely see it for the bigger bands, some of the older bands that just can't get around as much anymore that you'll be able to, you know, like I've never seen Radiohead. And I'm not sure if Radiohead are going to be doing a, uh, are going to do uh, an 18 month tour next time mm. they come around. I just don't think that's going to happen, you know, so that would be great. And then the younger bands, yeah, you know, who knows, you know, who do dedicated shows for their fans only. So, hey, you look, at, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the Glorious Sons. I got a, I'm a small part of their big, their story overall. And these guys have done great hosting these little events, acoustic events and stuff like that, stuff that you can't buy a ticket for. And I think that's great. This is, look, at this is pay-per-view. This is like buying a ticket to a, to a, mm-hmm. to a UFC fight. You know what I mean? Um it's, it's good that you kind of brought this up because the Foo Fighters are doing this very thing. They're going to host a concert on Saturday uh, from the Roxy in Los Angeles. It's $15 to buy uh, a ticket for their virtual concert. Kind of cool. You know, going to see the Foo Fighters. Yeah, you know, I think in another year or two, we'll see the Foo Fighters on the road and you'll prob- probably be able to buy a ticket to the Rogers Center to see them. Um but uh, this is kind of cool, I think. The, the live experience, I think, will always be king because there is something definitely um, tribal about going to see a band that you love with a whole bunch of other people who love that band. The best. Um, it is. It, there's no replacing the that. Best. But my uh, And I definitely think that the online concert, on, on the upside, uh, will make – quote unquote live music more accessible for people who couldn't otherwise afford it. Let's not forget when a lot of these concerts are announced, there are a lot of people who would love to go see the show, but don't have $400 to piss away on going to see their favorite band. So that's cool. But there will also, I think there will be a a wave of um, the equivalent of sitting up in the nosebleeds and the equivalent of sitting in the front row for a show where there will be virtual experiences. So for this, for X amount of dollars, you'll see the show from one camera angle for so many more dollars. You'll get five different, you'll get on stage. You'll get, you know, the camera that's panning out to the audience for additional dollars. You get to go backstage with the band. And I I think there will be a, a lot more of that sort of comprehensive. The more you pay, the more you get to experience of this live stream. Well, you're putting a lot, you're putting a lot of faith in production and technology to have a tier system. Hmm. But I agree with you. I think it'll happen. I think the live experience on your TV is going to be is it's going to be slow, but I think it will build. It's kind of like, you know, it, like on the on the price scheme that you're talking about. I've talked about this going to see the Leafs play hockey. I can spend two hundred and fifty dollars to buy one tickets to see the Leaf. Is it really better than what I can see on my seventy five inch television? Not a chance. Not not a not a, chance. not a chance. No. The technology is becoming so good you don't have to be there. But I agree with you. There's nothing better than being at the concert hall with all the fans. It yeah. is about. It is literally about sharing sweat. It is. And it mm-hmm. really is. There's nothing, particularly for your favorite bands, there is nothing better in the world than going to it. But for some people, that's just not possible. And I think, I wish they would do this. I wish that every major band, when they had a tour come out, that they would have 
a live experience at some point in time after. And it doesn't even have to be live. It could be a pre-recorded show. Yep. Well, but I have to admit, it's not the best experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's great, but it's not the best. You know, there's nothing better than a lot. The, so the, the NFL, the NFL, which is one of the the great <laughs> uh, is a great example of a, a cultural phenomenon and just a behemoth in terms of participation. They're already uh, looking into ways where they can combine. So the fear is that people are going to stop going to NFL games because uh, at home you have what 32 different camera angles of one play and you don't get that live. So the NFL is starting to look into ways that people who are in the seats get both the live. I'm sitting with 70,000 other Buffalo bills fans or insert team here, but you'll also get, uh, via your smartphone, you'll get all those replays from like an in-house production where you're not even relying on streaming, uh, you know, your CB, uh, CBS or, or Fox TV broadcast of the game. You'll have an in-house production of the game you're watching. It, it's, pr- it's pretty, pretty have surreal. You ever, have you been to an NFL game? Yeah, several. It, it, as you said earlier, I like that word tribal. It is the most tribal experience ever. Don't forget, every Sunday for 10 weeks of the year, people dedicate an entire day to go to a game. Some people never leave the parking lot. They actually go to the tailgate parties. They don't have tickets to the game. They go yeah. to the they go to the parking lot and they hang out all day. It starts before the sun is rise. They have a parking spot. They start the grills up. The coolers are out. And it's a shared experience. It's unbelievable. It is. You know, it really is something to go to an NFL football game. The energy that's in the parking lot and, and filing into the stadium, you can't do that on a TV. It doesn't matter how many freaking angles you got. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and very often and very often the play-by-play guys and the color guys are terrible. You know what I mean? Sometimes you do want to shut the volume off. But there's nothing like going to an NFL game. Television will not replace the game experience. Not a chance. But again, but again, you know, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you probably can't get a ticket to see the game. So what are no. you going to do? Yeah. So from from the mu- from the music angle, there's this this company called uh, Melody VR, and they've been okay. launched in 2018. And they're a company that's built a library of live shows that stream to Oculus v- virtual reality headsets. Okay. Um, and wow. the the way the way it works wow. is uh, so um, as being you being able to watch from a position in the audience, users can also view the concert as if they were backstage behind the sound booth or even on stage with the band right the company has also created more novel experiences a vr performance by british singer emily sande displays two images of her simultaneously one playing the piano and the other singing um the company it is uh basically the way it works their current model um it's a pay-per-view model so they roughly charge from this is a little bit of an older article so i'm not sure how ac- how accurate the, these figures are but they say uh they average from about 199 for one song to around ten dollars for an entire concert um wow. but they are they are beginning to roll out um a subscription model it's like a monthly subscription. You get to watch as many of these concerts as you want. So this seems to be the model that they're doing. I, I say VR is a lot more immersive, especially than just watching it on the TV as well. There's not that big of a market for VR right now, but but I could see it going that way. Oh, it sure. will. How much is a headset? 
Uh, they're coming down in price now, but you're looking at about three fifty, four hundred dollars for a headset. Yep. Like that's just a lot of these ones. So uh, the Oculus is the one that's owned by Facebook, right. and that one you don't need it to be plugged into anything. It it just runs off of Wi-Fi. So that's usually like where people go uh, as a starter thing. Some of these other ones, uh, you need to hook it up to a PC or like your gaming console or something. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. Oculus ones usually seems like where a lot of people are going. That te- that technology's come a long way because it used to be you had to plug it into a game a game unit or something like that. I yeah. remember when it first came out, and I went, oh, "Okay, this is great." But well, a game unit plus the interface plus this headset—you're looking at a lot of money. But if you're a gamer, yeah, totally. I love this idea. You know what? The, you know what the end ultimate is going to be is you're going to have a a generator for a hologram in your living room and you're going to see Nirvana play in front of you right in your own living room. Screw the television set. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, and, and, and that tribal experience that we're talking about, about being in the show. I mean, let's not forget that even now in its earliest forms, there is that sort of tribal experience of the Twitter sphere or whatever of people who are tweeting their responses to things as they're happening. So I think there will be mm-hmm. somewhere down the road. I don't know if it'll be in my t- lifetime, some sort of enhancement of that, where not only are you experiencing the concert in your own living room, you're, at, you're also experiencing the audience in your own mm, living room. That's Garrett. the big thing, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, bit, that's a big one. I think there's a lot of people out there that prefer that interaction on Twitter over being in person. I'm Isn't not it, one of those people, but like it, it's uh, – No, yeah. and I'm not one of those people. That's that's the guy that's in the audience who's got his cell phone as exactly. the guy is pouring his heart out on stage. No, I don't like that. I hate that shit. That's the guy yeah. that I don't like. Me but too. Of course, that, but I'm old school. I'm really old school. It's like – Put your phone away, watch the show, remember the show in the moment as opposed to showing a picture of you and your friends at the show. Like, what are you it's doing? It's brutal, man. I, I've been to so many concerts where it's just like you're 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 sitting there, you're enjoying the show. It's somebody that you're really looking forward to. And especially now, I, it, it's, you know, people are not, not only are they not watching the show, but they're spending so much of their energy just like, you know, trying to get the perfect documentation of them being at the show. So it's like this selfie right. camera. It's like their friends. That's all they're doing. That's literally all they're doing just to like show that they're at this concert. I mean, everybody's allowed to enjoy their concert the way that they want to. But exactly. like, it's, it's, you know, it, it's <clears throat> a little, I mean, it's hard. It takes me out of it. You know what I mean? I, I, I guess that's my yeah. problem, but you know. I hearken. I I long for the days where you know the biggest annoyance at a concert was that guy in front of me who puked on my shoes. Oh man! As as opposed to the guy who I'm, you know, I'm looking around his smartphone so I can see the show because he's had it held up for the entire thing. That just it bugs the crap out of me. I can't stand it. You know what's great about this talk? How much I miss concerts. Going to concerts. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I we should actually do a show about our worst concert experiences. I got a whole, <laughs> I have a whole bunch. <laughs> no kidding. I think we did one show on uh, concert going faux pas uh, for a bit there, um, and and it was it, that was one of the earlier ones that we did, yeah. and it was it it turned out to be pretty funny. I think what was Ben's like singing is that was that yours you said you oh, don't like yeah. When, yeah you don't like when somebody sings word for word and it's just like let the singer sing i didn't let, pay i didn't pay to, right i did Hold not on. pay a hundred dollars to hear you do bridge over troubled water right? <laughs> like i really but you you know when a whole audience is singing in unison it is a 
Uh, Magical yeah. moment. Come Agreed. on, Ben. The whole audience, yes. One guy, no. Got it. I agreed yeah. 100%. Right. right. So, so I talked about the hologram experience, which I think may happen in our living rooms one day. You might be able to see Kurt Cobain and the boys from Nirvana perform. And I want to continue with the Foo Fighters and, of course, Dave. They uh, premiered. So Saturday Night Live last week, it was billed as the host was Dave Chappelle. And I was going, well, who's the musical guest? And there was no musical guest. And then the it was on there on the Friday or even on the Saturday it was announced the Foo Fighters were going to be on. So, oh, okay. And all of a sudden they have a new song. And so I watched it and I was incredibly disappointed. I went, mm. what a piece of shit this song is. It's called Shame, Shame. There's a new album which is coming out. Uh, it's right now unclear when it's coming. It looks like it's going to be February and the album is or the album is going to be called uh, Medicine at Midnight. But the new song, Shame, Shame. I, you know, if there's a, if, if there's one thing I was counting on the Foo Fighters for in these COVID times, with a new president on the way, is them to release a song that would kind of lift us up. I mean, the songs that we like best from the from the Foo Fighters are not the pensive ones. They're the ones that are fun and kind of goofy with these choruses that you just, you know, they make you just feel great at the end of the song. And I know that the Foo Fighters, being an artist that have been around for 20 years at least, uh, need to find different ways, different types of approaches to songs. They can't just keep repeating themselves. But damn it, right now I could use a good old Foo Fighters song. This mm. Shame Shame song is available now. And it's, I'm sorry, Dave. Why this one? I have not heard it yet personally, yeah, but right. I, I haven't heard a good word about it. Yeah. I gotta, the, I'm, the, the, I'm, the polish has come off the diamond a little bit with the release of this song. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, you know my stance on the Foo Fighters. I think they're super overrated, and like I, I've, I've been into the, like that's been my case for a while. But I know, obviously, I don't want to, I don't want to beat up on it. But good. yeah, I just, I just feel like they've been releasing the same record for the last twenty years, and and and, and, uh, and shame, shame is a different kind of record, and I think that's it because of that very thing. What you're saying is that every record sounds the same. What am I going to write right now? One thing about Dave is that he's not incredibly talented. You know, mm -hmm. he runs on tons of enthusiasm. And mm -hmm. I think that's a really kind of, you know, that kind of works for him. And that's kind of what we love about him is this incredible enthusiasm and dedication. That's gonzo approach to playing music that he has. that is so infectious. He is rock music's biggest cheerleader yep. and he doesn't even have to sing, you know. And then when he does perform, you definitely have you been to a food show. It is a such a great time but when it comes to record making it it's not translating lately i agree with you totally chris it's sentiment it's starting to it's just weak that's mm. all i'm saying but you know what okay you know let's see what happens with the next record also coming out tomorrow tomorrow's friday the 13th and of course it's the date of the release of the new acdc record <laughs> yeah oh, that's amazing <laughs> speaking that's of awesome. been doing the same record for yeah, a while i know yeah. and it's and they get a pass for it uh, for me too yeah. it's it's I, I explain that contradiction i can't but acdc can release the same record over and over again and i'll still love it and shit on the food fighters for it i don't know why but it's I know, just the way I, it is i know because i'm a fan i know the subtleties and the differences between the records but in the last three or four releases they do start all sound the same with the missing cog in this whole thing is first thing they're older you know i don't think they have to try nearly as hard 
Um, and Malcolm Young, um, the oldest of all the young brothers who kind of founded this band in the, in the earliest early days, passed away in recent years. And he was, you know, as much as Angus is the, is so much of what makes ACDC great, it was Malcolm that kind of wrote the blueprint for the songs. He's the, the he's the rhythm guitar player. He's the guy that came up with those monstrous riffs. And they're still kind of there, but there's not this these arrangements that they've had in the last few records, and even with the two songs that are now out for the new ACDC Power Up record, there's there's something, there's a thrill that's kind of missing. If you listen to Shoot the Thrill, for instance, you've heard that a million times, but if you listen to the way that song ebbs and flows and builds and takes off, I mean, it's thrilling to hear. That's why Back is. Black is one of those all-time great records. And there's none of that anymore. Now it's just, it's a real blueprint more than it's ever been before, you know, and the new single, there's another new song that came out yesterday called realize. And it is as bland as bland can be. So, you know, I don't have high expectations for ACDC. It's just great to see that they're back on the boards again. Yeah, it's cool. That's cool. I found a story I think that you guys might be interested in talking about, uh, I I don't want to beat up on COVID too much, but this, this is the implications of a post-COVID world and what that might look like for music. Um, well, the plan is... Hold on, let me see here. I just found this article right now. Ticketmaster is working on a plan to use smartphones to verify whether customers have been vaccinated or tested for the coronavirus. While the plan is still in its early stages, wow. Billboard reports that the process would involve fans using the Ticketmaster app in partnership with medical information firms and vaccine and testing distributors. Upon buying a ticket, fans would be required to either verify their vaccination status or prove they have tested negative for coronavirus within 72 hours prior to the concert dates. So it's so essentially the headline says Ticketmaster to verify COVID vaccination status of fans before issue, issuing concert passes. So you pay for your concert, I guess, is what I gather. And then you verify your COVID vaccination slash test status 72 hours before. And then they release your ticket to you. I'll be on my couch. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, mean, I, I know what they're trying to do is they're saying, you know, um, maybe they're trying to jumpstart the concert experience by saying, look, at here we have we have an idea. Instead of you arriving at the venue and somebody taking your temperature, for instance, or some sort of screening method, we are going to put it in your hands and and uh, and let you verify that you're clean, so that everybody that arrives to the venue. The, the likelihood of COVID being passed around is reduced significantly because we know, generally speaking, that everybody comes in and does it. I, it's a it's a it's a great idea in theory. In practice, I don't think it's going to be it's going to happen. And I also think it's a model where ticket sales are just not going to come. People are just not willing to sacrifice mm. their personal information to a Ticketmaster app. So they can go see Ariana Grande. I just meant to that. I just don't think it's going to happen, man. I mean, so many people buying tickets too. Is you know, you're gifting tickets. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I just, you know, I just don't think that's going to happen. The and, and you know, yeah, 
I just, it's a good idea in spirit. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think what we're going to have to do is the concert business will bounce back if this vaccine ever gets passed around. And maybe what you need is a vaccine card to get in, you know, and, and maybe that's the best way to make this whole thing work. You know, if you have to, if you go to a club, you have to shoot them your ID saying that you're 19, age in, 19 years of age in Ontario. Now you can go in. Maybe what you're going to need is a verification that you have got a shot in the arm and you are free to go you know i'm not sure yeah uh, yeah I, i'm very skeptical about that that whole thing especially as paul just mentioned i'm not giving Ticketmaster any more information than they already or anybody any more information about me than they already have I, well I, the I, thing is that ben, if, they, to. if they did create this model this is that they would create it said no you can't buy tickets until you do this and you're gonna say well you know, it's not fair, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, what are scalpers going to do, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Scalpers out of business for sure. But, no and then kidding. what happens when you, and then there's going to be that point in time, they'll simply have to turn off that switch on ticket sales because it's just not working anymore. So. It's uh, look, concerts fall under the umbrella of, of, uh, I mean, you know, pro sports, uh, movies, uh, all of the, uh, large, group experiences all of them are going to uh, are facing a a completely altered reality and it's how they cope and what kind of solutions they come up with and will it be palatable to the consumer is is basically what it boils down to a lot of people are you know are pretty upbeat about this uh this new um this new vaccine that's being developed by pfizer right now And and i really wonder what the world is going to be like let's say you know it it, you know, they say they're, we're 95% of the way there. And of course, the challenge is going to be the rollout and how soon you can get your, you know, get your vaccine and all that. I wonder if things move was, if things do move along in a positive kind of way, how soon the world will return to its usual, uh, yeah, our, the experience that we used to know and love. You know what I mean? I wonder how long it will take for things to return to normal. If the vaccine gets rolled, I imagine things will happen very, very fast. To be honest with you, yeah, people you think are so? yeah. people are like it, it. It was remember it was one of those things with with sports. Nobody thought that sports was going to come back, and then they all just rushed back immediately, and they they they. They all experimented with different strategies to varying levels of success, but they all came back. So I think that might happen with concerts as well, you know, but like, I I don't, this, this Ticketmaster thing isn't the answer. Like who's going to be giving their fucking medical history over to Ticketmaster? Like the most evil, like one of the most evil fucking businesses. Like they're just like, everyone hates Ticketmaster. You know what I mean? Like if it was a company that people enjoy, like, like Tesla, maybe you might trust them or something like that. But Ticketmaster, like you're gonna give them your medical history? Are you kidding me? Like, I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody trusts anything technical. Uh, but guess what? There is an inevitability. If my favorite artist is coming to town, I got to get tickets. Where do I get it? It's Ticketmaster. You hate them. You got to do them. You know, that I too, don't. Yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, the, the the guy who's in between the 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 retailer, you may not like them, but inevitably to get what you want, you have to deal with them. There's really True. no way of getting around us unless you're willing to pay an exorbitant amount of money to buy it from a third party. And even the third party is when you kind of go like, do I trust this? Is the ticket that I'm going to get a duplicate? You know, is it really? You know. I, you know, it's Ticketmaster or nothing, unfortunately, and nobody's changed that kind of, that kind of model. I, I, you know, I don't think it'll be back to, 
to the numbers that we would have seen a few years ago, but I think you'll see a huge bounce back for sure. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's demonstrated, you know, as as the COVID restrictions were lifted, people flocked together and, you know, and they totally, uh, because of because of fatigue and because we're so tired of these restrictions, you naturally are just going to jam together. If I could get together in a bar with a bunch of people crowded elbow to elbow in a bar to see a band, I'm going to be there as soon as I possibly can. So down, I, can't, yeah. I can't wait. It's just going to be great. Me neither. You know. Right on. Um, the only other business I have here is not that it really matters. I don't think you guys care about the Grammy Awards. You know, They're, the Grammy Awards are one of those things as you watch and you say, uh, you find who the album of the year is. All due respect, when Bon Iver won for album of the year, I went, what? <laughs> at, at least... At, at least I, at least people should know who the artist is so they could object to it. And on the other hand, I love the fact that they recognize artistry. But award shows are always dubious. They're always a difficult thing to do. And yep. one of the things that's been a real issue is, is that the, they have been a little tone deaf to uh, all types of music. And inclusivity and color have seemed to be a, a, a more of an issue recently. So they put a 2,000 invitations uh, for a n- new jurors to be added to the panel. They didn't take anybody away, but they added them. And 75% of the people came back. They've now expanded the panel. Uh, and it is far more inclusive than it used to be. I'm not going to give you the breakdown of, of mm. uh, male to female, but there are more women, the more people of color that are now on the panel. Will that mean that the winners of the awards next year will not have the names of Bieber and all those white folks that seem to dominate, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it's definitely an effort in the right way. Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. You know, it really doesn't. I often wonder what happened after Bon Iver won that album of the year, if he saw a huge bounce in numbers, you know? I, I really wonder. Or maybe it's a long-term kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think that winning these awards means what it used to. Um, to the artists. And I mean, from my own personal perspective, I think the older you get, the more distance you get from the significance of these awards, because, you know, you, you, you do reach that certain age where you're looking at the nominees going, I have no idea who these people are. I don't care. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the CMA Awards last night, the Country Music Association Awards last mm. night, and I, I it's it's kind of like my one of my annual dips into the or I dip my toe into the country music. What's <laughs> kind of go, listen? I pay close attention because I do pay close attention. I know what's going on there. But at the end of the year, I wonder you know, who wins in a sense. And the Entertainer of the Year went to. Um, Eric Church, who's freaking cool. It's a guy that's a rocker you could really get into, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting that country music is still, you know, it doesn't matter how you dress it up. It's slicker now than it's ever been before. They are so well-dressed. You know, they're, the women are wearing uh, gowns that are cut down to the navel and boobs are hanging out and all the rest. But guess what? It's still country music. It doesn't really, the song is still about the same thing. You know, Maren Morris is wearing next to nothing on stage last night and she's still singing songs about porno whiskey. It's just like, it's still country music. It's still tractors and trucks. It's still tractors and trucks. Yeah, yeah. my best friend and my grandma. And <laughs> Daddy told me this. And, oh, it's Nothing has changed in country. It just looks different, a lot slicker than it used to be. Indeed. Hmm. 
Interesting. Uh, oh, Polly, one more question. You had something about new system of a down. I wanted to ask you. about. Oh, you know what? I oh, yes. Two songs came out last week. Oh, no way. Um, uh, yeah, two songs came out last week, and uh, you should watch the video for it. I'm sorry I don't have that information here in front of me, but New System of a Down, uh, the theme is Ar- Armenia, again. So it's something you need to read up about. When you see the video, go down into the comments or the details section. It kind of lays out exactly what it's all about. Pretty upbeat type of song. Um, uh, protect the, the Land. That's it. And genocidal humanoids. Yeah, genocidal humanoids. So uh, always a political band. Um, if you didn't, if you didn't know that, then you really need to do a deep dive in system. They're pretty great. I Good song. Just it's just great to have them back. This is no BYOB mm-hmm. by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination. Mm-hmm which was just totally off the hook, but it's so great to see these guys. I know they've been kind of, you know, doing things in the background. It's kind of like a rage against the machine type of thing. It's like, we know they're kind of talking and they're kind of working and, you know, rage we're supposed to be touring this year. And it looks like it's, you know, going to be put on hold for a little while, but it's great to know that the system are back and you should check it out. Even Definitely if it's will. not the greatest song in the world, but watch the video and for a deeper understanding what's because When I heard it, I listened to it on Spotify when I was out for a walk last week and I was, I'm not getting this. And when you see the video, it, everything kind of clicks. It clicks. Kind of, yeah. Everything comes into place as to what they're all about. So it's pretty great. Yeah. So new system. I'm sorry. I don't, didn't have that song title for you. Yeah. That's okay. No, it's, it's okay. Good. Yeah, that's that's exciting. I am I'm gonna listen to that. I didn't know that that uh, even happened, but it's it's un, it's unfortunate that uh, you know it takes a war in Armenia to see a new system of down uh, records. But you know, it's it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, it, that, I, I, I I'm excited to check them out. That's for sure. That's definitely that. That's definitely uh, you know that's. We're so familiar with everything that comes out of the axis of North America and and in even Europe, but we kind of miss the other part of what's going on in the world. And it's really, it's an interesting story. You really need to spend a little time with it, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can really appreciate what this band is all about because they're they're kind of from there. So, I've always said, I've always said, rocks at its best when it's angry, and mm-hmm. uh, I think there there is a rock renaissance that's definitely coming. For, for, for North America, I, I do I do believe that. That's it's that's an interesting to say because there are some people that don't think people do not believe that music come you know rock music is best when it comes from your head. It's it's happen what happens from the neck down, you know. And yet I you know if you're a punk artist or if you you believe that music can have a purpose, it works from the neck up. You know, that's right. Yeah, best is when it works all the way through, and that's a rage against the machine, man. That is a total physical experience, yet it's a music that has a conscience. You know, but yeah, yeah there's two ways of looking at it. You know, I totally agree with you. All right, boys. Uh, is there anything else anybody has? Or that's no? Um, yeah, I'm I'm starting to dip in and out of of Wi-Fi signal here, so it's probably best if we call it pretty quickly. The only thing I wanted to say was I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the band Idols, but nope. I would uh, I, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share some with you. But they're they're a relatively newish band, kind of like punk. I th- I think you're really you guys are gonna really dig them given, given the conversation we have. I'll, I'll send you a link. But uh, yeah, I just wanna I just wanna cut this before we lose all of the audio because it's really being all wonky for me. All right, man. Cheers. See you guys. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark Lefave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.